Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, it will just be me, no Preston. Uh, Preston is currently on a vacation right now and is unable to make an episode, but we thought it would be a good idea if I hopped on here and gave you an episode because, you know, we had to take a few weeks off because of exams and obviously the holiday season. So, uh, glad to be back. Um... So we're just I'm just going to jump right into it. So first, I'm going to be talking about the NFL. Obviously, there's been a lot of action going on lately. Uh, a lot of drama building around the playoffs. But few few side notes from that that I want to talk about. First and foremost, um, the death of Franco Harris. Obviously, as a Steelers fan, this hit home more than it may have hit for um, others. But it, it, it was tra- tragic to see he was so young and he seemed to be doing well, but kind of out of the out of the ordinary, he just passed away. Um, kind of put a new spin on the on the game for the Steelers, but obviously glad that they could get it done. Um, you know, obviously Franco Harris is known for the immaculate reception, but he did so much more for uh, the team. And for the game of football, so I would just like to offer my condolences to his family. Um, moving on from that, just a few injury injury um, talks here. So Tua, this came out today, Tua has a concussion, and he will not play versus the Patriots. Um, Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater will start. Um, this is huge, this is very huge. And looking looking at the playoff bracket right now, right now, the Dolphins are in at the seventh seed at eight and seven. But so that means that these last two games are very very crucial for them. Um. That being said, playing at New England without your quarterback, that's probably going to be a loss, which will put the Patriots in the playoffs. It's. It's rough for them. I think I think it's going to be a huge disadvantage. But if they can somehow get that win, then that should pretty much secure their playoff hopes. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it from them. But um, Carson Wentz has now gotten the starting job in Washington. Now, I'm I'm kind of baffled by that. I don't I don't think he should have the starting job at all. I think Heineke has done a great job in leading them to um seven and seven and one. But and the seventh seed in the uh NFC here, um I, I just don't understand it. i as we saw in the beginning of the season, Wentz lost games and I'm pr- pretty sure did get benched. So it just kind of confuses me when, you know, Washington, they're in the playoffs right now. As of right now, I don't I don't understand why you're going to switch that up in the last two weeks when it matters most. It, it just, it's a little bit confusing. And, you know, if it works out, oh, great, then they're going to get a lot of credit for that decision. But if it doesn't work out, then it's, it's going to be, it's going to be rough for them. And, um, you know... It, it's hard. It's hard being a coach. It's hard making these decisions, but I'm I'm just not completely sure why why you're gonna start him. I mean, I I have my own doubts about Wentz, but 
you know, we're all rooting for you. Um, another piece of recent news. Nathaniel Hackett, quote-unquote, parted ways with the Broncos. Uh, this, I believe, was two days ago. Um, so let's just say, at to be, like, you can't, you can't go all in for a quarterback and then proceed to be 4-11. and 4-11. You gave up your entire future to go all in, and you're worse than last year. Let's put this in perspective. You have, you have pretty much the exact same team that you have you had last year, except you have probably a future Hall of Fame quarterback. And the previous year, you, you had Drew Locke. Like, come on. There's zero, there's zero excuse for having a, having a switch between a bottom, bottom seven NFL, bottom five NFL quarterback starting for your team and then having a Hall of Fame quarterback starting for your team and you being worse not by a little, but by a lot. By a lot. It, it's completely, completely embarrassing. And it's just so, so, so bad. It, it's terrible. Um, moving on to the J.J. Watt retiring. Um, it's, you know, it's sad to see. Um, I, I, I grew up watching this guy, um, you know, he's definitely an all-time great, most likely a future Hall of Famer, um, I think, you know, I think he really reinvented the defense, the, the way that defense, or offenses prepare for guys like him, and, you know, obviously him being the defensive player of the year a couple times, um, really makes him a legend, and it, you know, it, again, it's just sad to see him go. Um, moving on, this is getting more into the playoff talk, but the Jaguars look scary, they, they, they really do, and I will tell you why, um, you know, I, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty clear that the Jaguars are probably gonna be in the playoffs, and, you know, it's kinda crazy to see um, also, you know, the fact that they, they absolutely shut down the Jets. I know it's the Jets. I, I do. I, I know it's the Jets. But only allowing an NFL team to have three points in a game, that's pretty special. And Trevor Lawrence didn't play too shabby in that game either. And the week prior, they dropped 40 points against the Cowboys, which is a good team. So, you know, I feel like they're they're proving that they – you know, that they deserve to win. The, I, I don't know if they deserve to be a playoff team just because, like, you know, just because, but they definitely deserve to win their division, and I don't I don't think that's a question at all. Um, You know, but right now, right now you look at them, and, and they are the four seed in the playoffs, and, um, you know, like, they'll get to host a game if they – they if they um win their division uh you can tell me if that's flawed or not um i don't i don't really have a preference but um 
you know, uh, they 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 are looking really good, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all if they um if they could find a way to win a playoff game because you know they found ways to win games all year like you know going on a crazy drive at the in like twenty seconds to beat Baltimore, and then um in overtime when all hope seemed lost, getting a pick six to walk off the game against the Cowboys, um. You know, I just really like the fight in that team, and I, I really like where they're heading in the future, especially with um, Trevor Lawrence and definitely with um, Doug Peterson. Um, so moving on, I I asked this question, and you know everybody's gonna have slightly different answer, but are the Forty ers still among the favorites to win the Super Bowl? I think. I'm just going to go straight up. I think, yes, they're definitely favorites to still win the Super Bowl. I think I think it doesn't really, like, as long as as long as long it's, like, an NFL quarterback, it doesn't matter if it's, like, a um, free agent or something. I think, I, I don't, really don't think it matters who plays quarterback for San Francisco. I feel like they can still make it to, to the big game. That team... It, they're so good. You, you you know you don't see teams like this often, where you have inc- like incredible, um, both sides of the ball. Like you know you look at Buffalo and Kansas City, they have incredible offenses. But on the defensive side, it's wishy washy. Um, but you know San Francisco just has a great defense and explosive offense. And I, I just I don't see a single team like this may be unpopular, but I don't see a single team in the NFC being able to beat them. And I think I think you know both they they just have talent on both sides of they have so much. Now kind of switching courses to like the rest of the playoffs, kind of. Um, you know you have we have um, multiple teams, four teams in fact on each side competing for that seventh seed, and it's really, really going to heat up in these last two weeks. It's going to be really fun and interesting to watch. Um, on the AFC side, you have the Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, and Steelers. Um, unfortunately for the Steelers, my Steelers, we lost to all three of the other teams, so it's going to be hard. We're going to need to win out and get a little bit of help, but... um. Hey, right now it's looking good for the Dolphins or the Patriots. Um, you know they play each other this week, so that's really kind of gonna decide it. Uh, really, but uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it for the AFC side. On the NFC side, um, we have the Commanders, we have um the Packers, we have the Lions, and then we have the Seahawks all competing for. The seventh seed. Um, I think I think it's really going to be um, interesting. Cause, I, but at the same time, I also feel like there are only really two teams that are that are actually in contention for the seventh seed, and that's going to be Washington and Green Bay. Um, obviously, the Lions. I feel like still have a shot, but they're going to have to kind of get some help here, and they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to win games that they probably shouldn't, um, uh, so that, you know, that's kind of the first step for them, but we'll see, we'll see what happens, I think, 
I don't think it really matters, honestly, who gets the seven seed because I don't I don't think they're gonna even make it out of that first game. So but it's still fun to watch. Um, all these teams and all these uh, clinching scenarios. Kind of cool for like a geek, a sports geek like me or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much all there is on the NFL side. Uh, so now we're going to switch courses to the uh, college football playoff. And obviously I am most looking forward to the Ohio State versus Georgia game. And I will tell you why. Um, I feel like last time Ohio State was counted out in the playoffs or kind of like dismissed, they wrecked Alabama, like wrecked Alabama and honestly and went on to win the national championship that that year. And I'm again I'm not I'm not saying that's gonna happen at all. I I don't I don't think that's gonna happen at all. But I what I do think is that if Ryan Day is doing anything right, he is telling them that you got like or not telling them, but they're all gonna have a chip on their shoulder. You know, they're angry that they lost that Michigan game. They're happy that they're getting this chance, but they don't they don't and can't waste it. Uh, and I guess, you know, Georgia is a not being a first half team. Like if, if they can if they can go into halftime with like a ten point lead, I think that will make it so like they're gonna have a chance because everybody knows Georgia's a second half team. You saw how they played against Georgia Tech. Um, you know, they, they started off really, really slow. It was it was kind of um it's kind of embar it's kind of embarrassing. But um you know, you, you, Georgia has been a second half team all year, all season. So if you can go into the locker room up ten, taking advantage of their of their very little weakness, then that it's going to be huge. Because if you don't take advantage of every single weakness that 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 Georgia has. And it's not many. Georgia doesn't have that many weaknesses. Then you are not even going to get close to winning this game. We're going to have another blowout with the one seed over the four seed. But, you know, I think I think this game really, really, really does come down to coaching. And more specifically, it comes down to Ryan Day. Um, you know, if he can, if he delivers this message to his team that, you know, Georgia's not a first-half team, Georgia starts slow. And we need to start fast and take advantage of them and, you know, stun them a little bit at the beginning. If he can do that and get them with a 10-point lead at halftime, 7-point lead, just any type of lead at halftime, then then they'll have a chance. If it's tied or they're losing at halftime, you can consider the game over. Uh, that, that's all there is to it. That's the only way you beat Georgia is you, is you pound them in the beginning and you know you play well enough that um, that your first half can cover up what they did to you in the second half. Cause you're not. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one thing. You may be able to beat Georgia in the first half, but you're not beating them in the second half, no matter what. So I'll definitely be watching that game, but I don't. I don't want to disregard 
Michigan versus TCU, but um, I'm gonna be honest here. I don't think that game will be as entertaining. I feel like I feel like um I feel like Michigan will win in sort of blowout fashion. Blow yeah, blowout fashion. Um, what I will say is I feel like this is more of a test for Michigan. If Michigan can go out and win by twenty, then it will show them okay. These guys are really good, and they might have a chance against Georgia. Might, but if they if they get into a shootout with TCU and you know escape by the skin of their teeth, they're gonna be like, okay, Georgia's Georgia's gonna eat them alive. Like, there's, it's, it's one of those things where, even though they're in the second best conference and won it pretty easily. It's still like that. It just shows you how far ahead the SEC and Georgia are in front of Michigan. Like, I still, you know, they're they're thirteen and zero. They destroyed Iowa State on the road. They won the Big Ten championship. They haven't looked bad at all this year. And the fact that I'm still questioning them in the playoffs is, frankly, just shows you how the difference between like I'm not questioning Georgia at all I think Georgia is going to win the national championship but that just shows you the difference between the SEC and the Big Ten and I think everybody knows that the Big Ten's the second best conference in college football but the gap between the first the best conference and the second best is a wide wide gap wide gap but anyway I do think Michigan will win this game. Um, I think I think I think they could I think um TCU can keep it close in the first half, but I, I don't see them being able to, you know, keep up with Michigan for the entire game. Um again, it's gonna be one of those things like the only way TCU wins is like they either catch him off guard and go up a lot early, or you know, that they work they 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 work their ass off. They they um they play really really hard and keep up with them and keep up with them and then at the very end you know get get some kind of advantage boost take advantage of it and win the game by like three or or last minute touchdown or something like. So now I am going to give my predictions and who I think will be my the national champion holding up the trophy at the end of the year. So. In, and I'll also give scores, I guess. Um, in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Georgia versus Ohio State. Georgia is favored by 6.5 as of right now. I do believe that Georgia will win this game at a score of 35-24. to 24. Now, actually, you know what? 35-21. to 21. Now, you may be asking, why is it that close? And honestly, I kind of agree with you, but I want to give Ohio State a little bit. Like I, what I think will happen is I think they'll go to the break. Contrary to what I just said, but I think they will go to the break. Georgia seventeen, Ohio State ten, and then, or sorry, Georgia seventeen. No, Georgia 10, Ohio State 7. And then Ohio State goes on a rampage and goes up 21-7. to 7. Okay? 
and then Georgia gets angry and scores um and then scores twenty eight on answer to win the game easily. They just shut down. They just shut down Ohio State after that. Um, you know it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a stretch, but you know to to be quoted for something you have to be you have to be bold with it a little bit. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. But I do think Georgia will win regardless. Um, moving on to the Fiesta Bowl. Um, number two Michigan versus uh, TCU. I think I think this as I mentioned before I you know I gave a quick rundown I think this game will be could well, I'll say I think this game could be close could be um I think I think TCU has what it takes to keep up with Michigan but I don't know I don't know how long they can manage to do that I think I think it's going to be either one of those things where it's like there are three possible scenarios. One, they keep up with Michigan the whole way, but Michigan just outlasts them like a little bit, and then either beats them by like seven or ten or something. Number two, Michigan, um, Michigan, Michigan comes out hot, and TCU tries but is never able to fully recover. And then three, they're close the whole game, and TCU somehow, you know, pulls it out at the end, just gets a slight advantage, takes takes advantage of it and wins the game by like three, like definitely a one possession. TCU wins. It's going to be by one possession. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I think regardless, I think it's going to be Michigan coming out of this game. And I think it will be a score of 42 to 21. Yep. It's, it's not going to be as close. Um, as people might think, um, Michigan Michigan is just the better team. TCU, though, though, has proven it sometimes to be a really good team. Um, they're just not going to be able to compete with Michigan. Michigan's just too good, and I think we'll have a rematch of last year's. Uh, I believe it was the Fiesta Bowl, but I could be wrong. Um, when Michigan played Georgia in the semifinal, so we will see about that. And now this is my theoretical national championship, Georgia versus Michigan. Um, I think I think I think Michigan. It's kind of the same situation with like Ohio State and Michigan or Ohio State and Georgia, but I think Michigan's obviously better than Ohio State in my opinion. Still, um, I think I think Michigan can can keep it close, has the ability to keep it close for the whole game, but. I, I just I don't don't see Georgia allowing that to happen and I think I I do truly believe that Georgia will win this by no more than two possessions. I think I think they're either gonna win it by like three or they're gonna win it by ten. Or sorry, yeah, ten. No, no, fourteen. So my prediction is I'm giving Georgia the national championship and they are going to win thirty to 20. And now, finally, for my last topic, pretty much, we're going to jump into men's basketball here. Um, I'm going to start off by saying kind of a heavy topic. Um, Chris Beard, uh, the accusations coming out of Chris Beard. I believe I read a headline today, though, that his fiance 
uh, revoked her charge or something like that. Um, but I don't know. You know, I, I've I, I've seen I've seen and watched and heard and uh, Chris Beard speak and coach and all that for a long time, and it, it just it strikes me as someone. It doesn't strike me. He doesn't strike me as someone who would be doing all that. And if if the if the allegations are true, then um, you know it's definitely to be frowned on. But he does definitely deserve a suspension. But um, I don't I don't want to get too controversial, so I'm not gonna really go further into that situation. Um, next biggest upset in NCAA history. Plus 31 and a half, Eastern Illinois beats Iowa, and I believe the score, correct me if I'm wrong, 92 to 83 at Iowa. So, ju- I mean, I, I, I don't know really what to say to Iowa, but it's the most embarrassing loss in program history. Like, it's, that's, that, it's terrible, and you're looking at a team that won the Big Ten last year. I know they didn't have a good they didn't they didn't do well in the tournament being a first round exit, but they won the Big Ten. That's a hard conference win, I don't care what you say. And then, you know, this next year they're gonna lose to Eastern Illinois. I get everybody has their games, you know, but against a teams like Eastern Illinois, having a bad game is like winning by ten. The fact that you lost by ten is Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, plus 31 and a half, you cannot, you cannot lose that game. That, it, it's just, it's just terrible. And, you know, they, they need to, they need to, um, they need to regroup after that one and, you know, define the season here. Um, but after that rant, I, I just want to share what I think about, you know, national championship contenders at this point. I think, there are currently four, four true contenders, as I put on my notes, legit teams, and I will listen for you. One is Purdue. Obviously, they're number one. They're undefeated. They've beaten Duke. They've had good wins, um, all that, but they look really, really, really good. They're playing amazing basketball, and that, you know, it, it, it's giving them results. I think, I think they can. They are easily the favorites to win the um, Big Ten this year, and you know if they keep playing like themselves, I don't see them having more than like three losses at the end of the regular season, because you know everybody loses at some point. Um, number two, I put on here UConn. Obviously, they are also undefeated. They're ranked two. Um, they again, they are playing great, 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 great incredible basketball right now, just like Purdue. You know, they're taking care of business. They're beating good teams. They're blowing out the bad teams. They're doing everything you want to see for a team right now. They're doing everything they can, you know. it's n- They don't schedule their game. Like, the players and the coaches don't schedule their games. So, you know, if if, if for some reason you have 12 nobodies, they're, they're going to beat the nobodies by 40 every time. So... You know they're doing everything they can. They're they're showing that they that they have discipline and um, can can win the games they should and all that. Uh, number three, Houston. 
though Houston does have a loss to a good Alabama team, I think going what really, really um, put them as a, a contender in my mind was being able to go and beat number two at the time, UVA, on the road. Um, you know, it's 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 hard playing, going to, um, losing to a Alabama team and then going on the road to play a number two team. And not only did they rise to the challenge, they they exceeded expectations. They they won that game pretty handily, and I feel like that really earns them a spot on this list. Um, yeah, they're really complete. All right, a few more things. New Mexico, shout out to New Mexico. One of the three teams that are ranked along with Purdue and UConn. Um, you know, they're New Mexico, of course. They they didn't they haven't really played any, any they haven't played anybody really, but for them, that's good. That's really good. Like that's really good. Um I guess you could say that their best win is uh Saint Mary's. And you know, Saint Mary's is not a shabby win. You know, Saint Mary's played Played like a five-point game with Houston, St. Mary's, you know, always a contender in the WCC every year. And so, you know, that's a good win, but just shout-out to New Mexico for um, having having uh, this sort of success at the beginning of the season. Definitely going to help them uh, before conference play, too, especially being ranked. Um, UNC, they rejoined the polls at 25. Um... I, I, I do definitely think they should be in there this week. Um, they I feel like with the win over Ohio State, they I think they deserve it. Um, but you know, again, it's just still a little bit disappointing for them. Um, but I, I think I think when they when they play at their best, they're really good. And then finally, my very last thing that I'm going to talk about is Charleston. From this little old CAA, um, if you don't know, that's the same conference as William and Mary at the Colonial Athletic Association. Charleston is receiving 127 votes, and right now is in 26th in the pool, so they're not ranked. But next week they will probably be ranked, which is absolutely absurd. Never see that for a CAA team, like never see that at all. It's absolutely crazy to have a CAA team ranked is unbelievable, and you know I don't like Charleston because they're in our conference and they're kind of our rivals, but I I can't not give a shout out to them. Um, really, really proud of what they're doing, and um, you know I thank them for you know maybe spreading some uh, awareness to you know lower conferences like the CAA because. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure we haven't had a ranked team in quite a long time. So, hopefully, hopefully, crossing our fingers that they will be ranked in the next couple of weeks, and that would definitely be something. But yeah, that that concludes the episode for today. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at, at Evan underscore Mangin. Follow Preston at at All Eyes on Sports. Sub to us on YouTube at All Eyes on Sports Podcast. Uh, watch our shorts. But please watch our podcast videos. Even you don't even have to listen to them, but just you know, drop a like, drop a comment, something. It, it all helps us. It helps us out so much. Um, follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you want to listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating. Um, if you if you want us to talk about anything at any given week, just DM me on Twitter or something like that, or comment on YouTube. 
we will definitely put it in. Uh, we, I can speak, hopefully I speak for both of us, in that we really, really support, or we really, really appreciate all of you, all the listeners, and um, I hope you all have a great day. Thanks for listening.